gonna go deep. And I mean deep. And I mean touchdowns! Live from the Horizon Event Center, it's time to go deep with your host, Tariq. Only on 1350 ES. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Tariq, joined here with my producer friend, Just Go Deep. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the GOAT, Tom Brady, Super Bowl 55 champions. I don't want to say I called this for the past five weeks, but uh, I told you, Frenchie. <laughs> Frenchie uh, now knows that Buccaneers defense is legit. And because he bets with his heart instead of his eyes, Frenchie will be gracing the open mic stage at Teehee's Comedy Club. I think maybe we'll look at late April. Is that sound okay after the wedding? I know the wedding's going to keep you busy for the next two months. Yeah, let's let's hope that uh, we make it that far All right. before I, mean, cause, before I die. Because I really want you to work on this set, and I, I want you to be able to focus. Out of way, uh, we'll talk to T- Sid. Make sure we can get you on a list at Teehees. He does a great social distance uh, open mic every Thursday, I believe, at Teehees downtown. Uh, and uh, look forward to Frenchie gracing that, gracing that stage. I don't want to be, be a part of any of your jokes either. Uh, uh, let's see what you Fire it off. Let's see what you do. Maybe I'll jump on a stage too, you know? I'll come just freestyle it up there. Uh, did you see the boat parade last night, though? I mean, it's hard not to when uh, everyone is talking about drunk Tom Brady. I'm so I, I'm watching, and man, I I had the pleasure of riding in the 2010 and 2012 San Francisco Giants parade, uh, which was awesome. And those guys got lit on trolleys, but no than Tom Brady on that boat. I was legit worried about him and his daughter falling off that boat every time they pant to him because his sea legs. He was uh he was getting a little wobbly out there. And uh, that moment, that moment he threw the precious, elusive Lombardi trophy from his boat to the party boat featuring most of the Bucks players, including Gronk. You could tell the crowd was like, do it. Oh, wait, no, don't do it. And then the whole time while I was in there, held their breath. Uh, but then his reaction when it was called and the crowd cheered. That happy, oh, I can't believe I just did that. That's that feeling I want to feel all day, every day. That's the drunk that I love. Did that uh, see him like hate Tom Brady more or kind of love Tom Brady more? A um, little bit of both. Little I mean, bit of both. it's hard not to hate him a little considering they, you know, they beat my team. He it's- just beat down. He dragged your Chiefs. And uh, a lot of it was defense, but he had a great game too. MVP, no disrespect. Uh, but yes. Uh, but you, how can you not love to see a person that drunk, having fun with his family and friends, enjoying life? I mean, that feeling, that drunkness is the drunkness I want every day. Oh, yeah. Not as an alcoholic, but I mean, that feeling. It's always entertaining to watch. It goes back to last year, too, watching, you know, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes drink the way they did during the parade and uh, um, doing the Lombardi luge on the trophy on the flight back from Miami last year. It's just the same as Gronk dance on the boat. I mean, when I was in the parade in 2010, 2012 for the uh, Fear of the Beer, Wilson was acting the fool. He was loving life, and it was amazing to see. Uh, but Tom Brady is just one of those people. You look at him, you're like, ah, that guy doesn't drink often. You know, that, this is going to hurt his six pack a little bit. But he was having fun. He's smiling. He, it, just that look of when he threw a nose caught and he like didn't want to look back at those guys covering his face and smiling like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. Uh, and, and but, you know, when you win your seventh Super Bowl, you would think, you know, oh, this is, you know, oh, it's got to be routine at this point. But he's winning it at 43 years old and joining a new team, going through everything that they went through this year. I think it was somewhere, this might be the top one since he won his first for him because of all the circumstances yeah. and allowed him to kind of let loose a little bit. And I don't want to get in that discussion of who's the GOAT across all sports because if we're just looking at straight numbers and the difference 
of a team sport to an individual sport, I'd pick Serena Williams. But I don't want to. I don't want to have that conversation because Tom Brady is the goat of quarterbacks. You compare him to Lawrence Taylor. Uh, but to do what he did, if I, if we want to compare, I can say Jordan shit with the Wizards. He didn't stick around long enough to play LeBron, like Tom stuck around long enough to play Mahomes. When he did play Iverson, he got crossed up. That's all we remember. We don't remember the score of that game. Sixers did win, by the way. But if we want to look at that, you know, Montana went to the Chiefs. He didn't win a championship in his first year. He, you know, the respect you get, the the mentality you feel once Tom Brady. It's like if Kobe Bryant went to another team his last two years before, you know, before being on those two or three losing squads that just was horrible for his stats. Uh, not for his stats, but just for his... And his winning say, mentality. Yeah, I don't even want to say his legacy, but just for what he is. and what. Imagine if he went to the Sixers for those last three years or went to uh, another team. The the feeling it brings to that locker room. And then to win. Then you... How do you feel about Kobe in that Jordan conversation? You know? And so... Uh, and, and two weeks ago, I compared Tom Brady to the LeBron, and you gave me a face. But, you know, 10 championships, winning with multiple teams. I, I know LeBron is a specimen and an athlete. I'm not saying Tom Brady is as as athletic as LeBron does what LeBron does for the community. I'm not saying any of those. I'm saying sports-wise in football, if you're calling Joe Montana or Jerry Rice and Michael Jordan at the top and you're questionable about these next levels, these next levels are LeBron and Tom Brady, and they're the face of that. And that's where I compare them, you know. But Brady, seven championships, man. Ugh. I mean, if we're talking greats across all sports, too, two big ones you left out, Michael Phelps and Wayne Gretzky. Yes, Wayne Gretzky and, and Phelps, amazing in the Olympics. And you think about it, it's, you know, his is every two to four years. He's not, so his his span of championships carried almost as long as Tom's career because yeah. it was going every two to four years, not every year. And he has over double the next in terms of gold medals. Wayne Gretzky, I would put up there in the most athletic and throughout his career, even as an old man, Wayne Gretzky, he was still just... He's the only player outside of Jackie Robinson to have his number retired by the entire league. Yes, and, and he has more career assists than anyone else has career points. That's going to be LeBron in the end, I think. And he's going to be up there with the points, just like Wayne. Uh, but Gretzky was... Uh, he was such a that Jordan feel, that, that feel of that era where you don't mess with Gretzky on that ice because you got... Just their only job is to take you out and clear the way for Gretzky. And the moment you think you might get in a hand-to-hand combat with Gretzky and fight him, no, you're catching one from the side of your face. The rest of the teams don't, they don't let their king be touched. And that's how I felt Jordan's teammates were. That's why Rodman was added to the team to uh, make sure no one messed. You know, you had the Pistons who were the tough guys with Rodman. That was the Bulls, that second run, you know, and you add Jordan on top of that. Uh, and, and that's how I feel about Tom right now, too, that that defense. You know, we're going to look back in three years of whether they win another championship or not. That defense is going to be if Tom, Tom Bowles end, ends up staying there, that defense is going to be dominant for a long time, especially if they resign some of these free agents. And uh, I wonder, you know, we I've talked about it with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. if that's one of the reasons Bieniemy hasn't pushed super hard and hasn't come out and complained publicly about not getting a head job, because I think he might be, you know, if he and waiting. Looks, he looks at it as, okay, if I don't get a head coaching job, I'm probably the heir apparent to Andy Reid. And I feel like they've had some. They definitely have. But, I mean, and Andy Reid is getting up there. But I can see if Andy goes to the AFC Championship or Super Bowl but doesn't win one for the next three years, I can see Andy four years. That was the problem in Philadelphia. We had coaches in waiting 
and he wasn't going anywhere yeah. until he started losing. And then he was like, ah, oh, we got to get, you know, it was agreeable uh, departure. But I, I don't see if they would have won Sunday, I think Andy would have stuck around one more year whether they won or not and been gone. But coming off a loss, if they don't win it next year, I don't see Andy just walking away. No, I think he's going to have another two, three at the very least. But I think we're at the point now that the king for that that next guy, yep. whether it is oh, the enemy to. or Mike Kafka. You have to, because he could have retired after they won this year. If they won this year, he yeah. could have easily said, you know what, guys, this has been a fun yeah. ride, but I got to hand it to my boy. My family's falling apart again. Uh, we got to, we got to, I need a little break. Yeah, but that's but, how I'm, that's how I'm looking at the Bucks. Bruce Arians has already retired yes, once. Yep. He's the oldest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl, and he was the second oldest to ever coach in a Super Bowl. He was also one of the oldest to ever get his first job. You yeah, know, he for so long he was looked over, and that's yeah. the that's why I love the story of Bruce Arians, and that's why I wanted him to win as well, uh, and the Buccaneers to win. And I think the team kind of felt that too. He was he was an underdog underdog story for a long time, and we did lose Marty Schottenheimer. Yes, unfortunately. It's, it's been a kind of like terrible couple of days for Kansas City yep. losing the Super Bowl losing Marty Schottenheimer and uh I think its name was Therese Taylor was a reporter who just passed away on Tuesday I believe for yeah. the team and but Schottenheimer Arians is the fourth head coach to come from his coaching line to win a Super Bowl wow this year so it might have been a little bit for you know Marty they beat he beats his former team but but that's that's family for him yeah and and Marty the the percentage of wins, I believe he's over 70%. 200 uh, career wins, eighth all time at the very least. Eighth all time. You know, that's, you know, when people talk about top 10 co coaches, I don't think they put Marty in there, but I think he at least has to be in the conversation because he's, he's eighth. He's in wins. What else matters in coaching? I know championships and wins. That's, that's in legacy. And, and in, he gets disrespect because he's five and 13 in the playoffs. Yes. Yep. But you know what? He took the Chiefs. And the Chargers and turn them into winning franchises after the Chiefs had a really rough stretch for a while he after did. the 60s. He did. And he was he was kind of like that, uh, the Mark Jackson, where he not quite over that hump, almost like Andy Reid was for a long time in Philadelphia. Doug Collins, too. Yep. And and I unfortunately in San Diego with Marty, that kind of was the it started the the whole title to Philip Rivers book mm -hmm. of you know making it there, having a great season, putting up numbers, getting wins, and then losing in the postseason uh but yeah shout out to marty schottenheimer uh much respected coach and in my opinion a top 10 coach i don't know if people put his name up there but i'm just hoping that someone will finally give him the hall give his family now the hall of fame call yes they will I, and and unfortunately they had to wait unfortunate that they had to wait until after you know give the man his roses before he passed it's the same thing i've been saying about lebron tom and everyone else it's unfortunate that we have to wait till they pass to start looking at these numbers and say oh wow Wow, he was it. And looking at the coaching lineage, 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 uh, and seeing, wow, Bruce Arians did come from that system, you know. So it's it it's very unfortunate, and and I make fun of his son often, you know. I, I I'm not a fan. I, I've watched him tear apart teams, in my opinion. Uh, but still, much respect to his son for being in coaching this long and following his dad's footsteps and and keeping that system going. Uh, so respect to the Schottenheimer family, and sorry to hear about him passing the last couple of days. Um, we will talk about uh, today on the show, actually. We got Sam Summers joining us. This is Go Deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. We got Sam Summers, the owner of, creator of Hinterland Festival, owner of Woolies Concert Venue, The Up Downs, uh, and producer of The Big Country Bash. He'll be joining us in the second hour along with Tavian Banks, the bank on a statement. Davian, our uh, comedian Dante Powell will join us for The Big D3 and 3. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with some headlines. This is Go Deep. This is 
Go Deep. I'm your host, Tariq. As I mentioned, Sam Summers, owner, creator of Hinterland Festival, uh, joining us later in the show. I want to talk to him about sports cards. There's been a sports cards boom in the last year, mainly because of the pandemic and quarantine. So I want to get into that with uh, Sam. We were just talking about uh, the Super Bowl and congrats to Tom Brady and the Bucks and Bruce Arians. And one thing that happened during the Super Bowl, who, you know, a gentleman who was almost as naked as Gronk on the boat, uh, the streaker. I believe his name was Yuri, and the story goes he uh, had his friend Chris as a decoy, and he took off on the on the field, and he had some nice moves out there. Then he wanted to drop his pants and add, add the extra. Uh, but someone who met him at the bar before said that he put a 50,000 prop bet on a plus 750 bet that there was going to be a streaker at the game. The one, the one prop bet that can be controlled by the public. This man pulled it off. Won $374,000 and paid $1,000 to get out of jail. It's a win in my book. And I, honestly, I'm looking for that friend like Chris who can decoy. I might be the Chris and you can be the Yuri, Frenchie. I think that'll draw more. <laughs> I think that'll draw more attention if you're the Yuri running across the field. Dropping I, don't, I don't got those moves, but I mean, hey, with yeah. your repaired Achilles, I don't know. If <laughs> you can tell he practiced like yeah. when, right before. If you saw the video right before he got tackled, he went down, covered his head. He knew he's going to get those stop resisting kicks. Right. Right. As I mean, maybe he played some quarterback. That, that looked like a good quarterback slide. Maybe played some uh, baseball. But someone did make the comment of, well, he's at least he scored on like the Chiefs offense. It's like, no, he slid before the end zone. He was down where he went to slide. That was the most excitement for the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think when Mahomes saw it happen, he kind of looked over and just kind of act like, oh, here we go again. But I think that was his sigh of, all right, let's take a second, boys, because I've been running for my life back here. Let this calm us down. It didn't work. But let this calm us down and regroup here. He he's just lucky he ran out there when the Chiefs defense wasn't out there. Chris Jones was pretty mad oh. throughout that game. He would have taken him out. Chris Jones didn't really penetrate that line, so he needed to hit something. Uh, and shout out to the Buccaneers front uh, front line, man. Tom Brady sat in that pocket and did what he want for most of that game. Unlike. Patrick Mahomes, who's running for his life the whole 497 game. scramble yards. And only, what, 45 rushing yards? Positive Something rushing? like that. Yeah. Uh, but the streaker won 374 k paid 1000 to get out of jail, but now uh, Vegas is investigating him. The story is true. I don't know if you call that, like, insider trading. I, how is this illegal? Yeah, I don't I don't know what rule you can say he violated. Uh, it's not like he's seen, even counting cards or anything like that. No, all they'll do is like ban him from their sports book apps and and the casinos, maybe, but <laughs> he already won. He won three hundred seventy-four K and he's famous now. I mean, that's a win in my book. Uh also did you see my boy uh Calvin Johnson, Megatron call him, Megatron himself, fresh off of a Hall of Fame induction. Congrats, by the way, homeboy. Uh jumping right into the marijuana growing and dispensary business in Michigan. Uh, with his former offensive guard, Rob Sims. Now, about this is, according to ESPN.com, Megacron, that's his new name. I'm coining that. I, I started that, by the way, on our social media yesterday. I also and, would have accepted Megatronic. Uh, Me Megatronic. Okay, I roll with that. But Megacron is nice and quick. Rolls off the tongue, kind of. Uh, he said he started, in this article by ESPN.com, you got to check it out. He said he started using Mary Jane at Georgia Tech. But by the end of his NFL career, he was smoking after every game and sometimes during the week to help him get out of bed. It, did he just expose how easy it is to get away with a banned substance in the NFL when you're a superstar or any professional sport? Because meanwhile, Josh Gordon getting tested daily to keep it and and is not working out. So what, what kind of secret did Megatron have? Was it being a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I think the NFL is just like, okay, we just inducted this guy in the Hall of Fame. And he just admitted that he's been smoking every Exposed day of his career. Them. It's just like, uh... <laughs> 
and Rob Sims did the same, his partner. Uh, and Ryan's not winning games, but still I, producing. I mean, it, but it also makes proves the point. You could be a pothead and still be a Hall of Famer, kids. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is I that's just goes to show that the NFL should not test for marijuana. They, they were using yep. it as a painkiller, and that's the reason that he retired early was because of you know risks to his mental health and stuff like that. It's the same reason we saw Andrew Luck retire because of his physical and mental health. And Andrew Luck is probably somewhere smoking a J on a beach, you know, <laughs> relaxing. You know, for and, his sake, I hope he is. You know, and and the the cool part about the Calvin Johnson, he's growing his own marijuana, uh, he's producing it, and he's selling it, uh, but he's, he's real into the, the medical. They spent three years looking into the medical background of it, and that's really what they want to target. They're going to do recreational and medical. Uh, there's more money in medical because uh, you can get some some of those government contracts and whatnot. I hope uh, they have but, a contest to come up with the best football themed. Oh and man, there better be ones called Megacron and Megatronic. I just hope the NFL lets them be a sponsor, so then Josh Gordon can call up and be like, "Hey, man, all I, all I wanted to do the last six years was be great and smoke marijuana, and you took both of those away from me. Oh well, you took one. I, I'm still smoking. I couldn't be great, uh, and and it, it makes you think because now there's 15 plus states uh, plus DC who's legalized ganja, including Illinois and South Dakota, all places right around this state. Uh, you know, who's next? Will it be Iowa so you can stop driving to South Dakota and Illinois, Frenchie? Or? Iowa is actually looking at it. They're it, looking at it, but come on. Yeah. Uh, Kobe Kim already said an addiction to alcohol, so she didn't want to legalize marijuana. She didn't want to legalize a non-addictive drug. And in that same sentence, she legalized to-go drinks <laughs> and delivery alcohol, which I love. But, I mean, nothing says pull me over for DUI like a straw with a cup and your cup holder at, from the bar at 2 a.m. I was going to say margaritas to go when I've gotten some Mexican food. Yeah. Uh, but Iowa is talking about it. And I think even before Iowa does it, because I, I was, you know, you would hope it'd be this year just for the tax uh, sake and the, the medical sake. Uh, but the federal government might do it in the next year or criminalize it to make it a little easier for the rest of the states. But we got 15 plus states and D.C., you know, half of these states have NFL teams. Michigan has an NFL team. D.C., Washington, the Washington football team has an NFL team. Seattle has an NFL team. Denver, Colorado has an NFL team. So at, at what point do you say, okay, if you can go out to this place and grab this snack like or medicine or whatever it is, like you're at a Walgreens or a gas station, how can we kick you out of football for three games or put you in an addiction program for a year? if this is allowed in your state. So I think the NFL, you know, MMA, UFC already made that transition where they're no longer. Mm -hmm. The Olympics too. The Olympics too. I mean, cause Michael Phelps had to sit out, you yeah. know, it's like Michael, <laughs> Michael Phelps was the first major athlete that was like, you know, I've been smoking weed regularly because like that picture that of him smoking the bong yep, yep. went uh, viral. Yeah. But like, you can't be in those pictures. I don't care how much weed you smoke. The dude won eight gold medals in one Olympics. Yeah. I mean, you think about our Usain Bolt, you're going to tell me he's never picked up. I mean, the he's islands, from man. Jamaica. I know the islands, man. But he does, he hasn't gotten caught, so he's a Calvin Johnson type. Where we know how to doping incidents. You know the fact that I, I just I love how Calvin Johnson just in one sentence fully exposed. And I'll ask Tavian later too. I wonder how that is in the in NCAA. Was Tavian smoking all throughout his college career, or only when he knew he wasn't getting tested? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> just before game. Just take <laughs> that edge off. Just after game. It counts after games. And he said weekday mornings because it helped him get up and feel better. That's called wake and bake, my friend. And <laughs> and I, you cannot tell me you weren't wake and baking before the Sunday game if you were doing it after the Sunday game. There's no way. If you made it through practice, 
I, I just, you know, and we'll ask Sam Summers too, his thought on, should we legalize, man? Uh, as I mentioned, Sam will join us in the next hour. He's the creator of Hinterland Festival, produces the Big Country Bash in Iowa, uh, Woolley, owns Woolies Concert Venue and the Up Down Barcades. Uh, he's a, he's also an avid sports sports cart collector. And, you know, maybe a year ago, I would make fun of him because of it. But now, I, you know, I call him a geek or something. But now he's he can be rich. And so I want to talk to him about, is it time to hold or is this where the people who've been holding these cars for the last 30 years, is this where they sell off and make some money? Because I know my buddy Brad, he's dropped probably about $1,200 on sports cars in the last three months. And he's got some decent ones in there where I'm like, hey, let's flip this real quick. And he wants to keep them. I'll talk to my kids, what are you doing? Now's the time. It's going to be another 100 years before these are worth anything. Yeah, here's the problem. You're going to hold on to them too long. It's like stocks. You're going to hold on to them too long, and then they're going to be worthless again. Yep, and it, that's how I look at them, exactly like that, as stocks. So we'll talk with him. Uh, Dante Powell, the big O, comedian Dante Powell, will be joining us here in about four or five minutes uh, to talk his Offensive Player of the Week or Oddball of the Week. It could be a Chief. Who knows? It was there. Was there a player in the Super Bowl on the Chiefs who had a great game? Travis Kelsey, eight catches for 113 yards. Travis Kelsey just quietly goes off every game. I don't know yeah. how you know. And I, I picked the over on his catches, uh, which was eight and a half, so I lost that bet. Uh, but he just—it seems like he's doing nothing. But they're 25-yard catches every time, so it's you know. But I don't, I don't. I see a couple oddballs on that Chiefs, and it might be the offensive line coach. It might be Andy Reid. It might be the defensive coach. I, I don't I don't know. So we'll see what Dante brings to us. And as I mentioned, Tavian Banks in the second hour with the big O statement. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick break. This is Go Deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. You're tuned in to Go Deep, 1350 ESPN. Welcome back to the program. Go Deep. I'm your host, Tyreek, joined here with my producer, Frenchie. And as I mentioned, we have comedian Dante Powell joining us. We'll do the big O with him. But first, we're going to get into some headlines. Dante, how you doing, fam? I'm great, man. How are you? Good. I got I got slightly nervous. You know, I I didn't know if you were in town last weekend. Uh, I saw Mahomes look to his right, and I heard the announcer say, uh-oh, a streaker. And I'm like, oh, say no, Dante. I thought you might have been out there. But uh, I'm glad to see it was a white person, not you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I would have I would have bet. Everything I, that would have been the only bet at the Super Bowl I would have taken gr- gladly is that it was a white person. Yes, <laughs> yep. that would that should have been the second prop bet on that streaker. Will it be <laughs> minus negative three thousand if it's a black person, plus one twenty five if it's a white person? <laughs> <laughs> to white people, I'm just saying you guys are so good at streaking that we don't even try. Yeah, it's ballsy, man. No pun intended. Um, but he was a very intelligent white person because he. He bet $50,000 on that plus 70 bet of will there be a streaker. He manipulated the game. and won, That's how you do it. Won 374000 and only had to pay out 1000 for being arrested so far. That is how you do it. And they say Vegas is investigating, but what can they investigate? Tell, you tell me, like, what what is that inside trader? Is this some Martha Stewart stuff or what? what's going to happen? Yeah. Look, good luck. <laughs> I want my money. <laughs> you know, that was, I, that was impressive. Uh, but the game was impressive. Uh, Teehees will now be seeing our friend Frenchie on the age come up, uh, I think we said late April. He gets married early April. Uh, but he lost the bet. That was our bet for the game. And he's going to take it with a uh, with a grin on his face, hopefully. So maybe you can give him some pointers on writing jokes, how to not t- attack the boss when writing jokes, uh, and have fun with it. Maybe talk about his I mean, wife or something. Yeah, it's not like you have to be good. That, I think that's what people forget about comedy is that, like, 
some of us are good, but not everyone is. So, <laughs> who, like, I've seen a lot of bad ones. Yeah, <laughs> lots of bad. Uh, but I'm excited to get him up on that stage. I told him I really want him to work on that set and like be be serious about it. Who knows? His next career could be comedy. You know, I don't think yeah. there's anyone out there doing Harry Potter jokes. You know, look, man. When I started, I was just doing it for fun, and then the next thing I know, I was like, oh, look at this! I, I'm getting paid. Let, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you watched that parade last night, man. I yeah, or man. Yesterday? I Tom Brady is like that dude is unreal. Does that make you hate him more or love him more? The, 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 no, the laugh on his face after he I, threw that trophy. Dude, I have so I've always Tom um, Brady. Like yeah. I've never, I've never been him. the guy who's like upset about upset by him. I, I've always loved the way. One of the things my my stepdad pointed this out to me one day while we were watching football, like 2005 or somewhere in there. He's like, you know, Peyton Manning like junk at the line and he's screaming and he's pointing and he's yelling <laughs> and Tom Brady just goes out there and plays. Yep. And I was like, man, I really like that too. Yep. It's two different styles. And, they both work, but yeah. Like I just, I've never been one of those Brady haters. Like I, I get that some people don't like him, but I, I think I'm lucky to live in a time with that sort of sustained excellence, like yes. especially getting to see him and like LeBron. So, yep. And that's who Frenchie gave me a weird look two weeks ago when I compared him to LeBron, you know, as far as their sport, having a Montana over your head or or Jerry Rice over your head and a Jordan over your head. But, you know, 10 championships, 11 cha- or 11 trips to the championship. Uh, seven, yeah. Seven titles. Uh, and I and I don't want to even want to get in that conversation of is Tom Brady to go over all sports? Because if I like I said, if I'm looking at numbers and I'm looking at the difficulty of team sport or individual sport, I'm giving it to Serena every uh, you know, I think she murders that category. Or Wayne Gretzky, when I'm you know, most athletic, Will Chamberlain, Wayne Gretzky, LeBron. Uh, so I don't want to get in that conversation. To me, Tom Brady is the good ball. He's the best quarterback there is. Um, and if we want to go across sports, Jordan didn't win a championship with the Wizards. Uh, you know, Joe Montana didn't win a championship with the Chiefs. Tom Brady went in a, a, a off year and did his thing. Uh, and I, I just feel like, you you know, I have respect for him. He was already a goat once he made this shit for me. Uh, but seeing him on that boat, uh, I compared it to my daughter yesterday as a drunk, give, give a goat some alcohol, watch him stumble. That was that was Tom Brady's sea lakes yesterday when he got off that boat. And the look Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah the, the off the boat was way more impressive than the on the boat. Like throwing the trophy, that was cool. But like watching him stumble oh, man. out of the out of the marina that was that was just that's the kind of drunk i want to be every day yeah that's the kind of drunk i want to be all day every day that's how a 43 year old should be after getting yeah i mean just just that happy drunk i mean you know he looked looked like the field against cleveland yeah but he's the goat (laughs) mahomes back to the drawing board the chiefs man everyone's hating on chiefs like oh man that's it the end of the chiefs they figured him out i still think obviously they're favorite to win next year again but um where do you think this puts them okay here's the deal Patrick Mahomes is unreal. That dude threw a pass while fell to the ground and hit a receiver in the face. Patrick Matrix. <laughs> so they're like they're going to be fine probably. But the thing is, when you are uh, th- there's a method to the madness of winning a Super Bowl uh, that is more uh, proven than any other. And that is, if you get pressure with four, you can you can basically debilitate whoever you're playing. And that's how the Giants beat the Patriots. 
Yep. That's how uh, – I don't know if people remember this, but, like, that Green Bay and Pittsburgh Super Bowl was a lot – how the Saints beat the Colts. Yep. Like, so many Super Bowls today. The championship, the Buccaneers' other championship. You know, you think yep. about Trent Dilfer was their quarterback on the Ravens and Brad, yeah, Johnson, it, Brad Johnson on the Buccaneers. And so, like, you have a decimated offensive line – I don't know why I picked the Chiefs. Like that, I should have known that. Oh, I know why I picked them because of Patrick Mahomes. But uh, not even he could overcome what, uh, what what they were able to do. And Todd Bowles did an amazing job uh, not dialing up the blitz the way he normally would because I think he just wanted to see if he could get pressure with four. And then if he couldn't, he was gonna you know dial the blitz up. Yep. But my man it was it was. Imp- uh, what the defense did for uh, Tampa Bay, but even more so, uh, I thought that the Chiefs were uh, not impressive in every other area besides uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, that they'll be fine. Like, and I, I think Mahomes will learn the lesson of stop holding the ball and trying to get a deep play or a big play. You know, there was check down opportunities for Mahomes. He added, he thought, and waited an extra second, then he was running for his life. So it's well, got to the, go back to that quick snap count. Yeah, but then also, like, there's a difference between holding the ball for the big play and holding the ball because you're trying to get out of pressure. Yeah, yep. And I think and a, a lot of what was, what was eating him up was just the fact that, like, yeah, I'd love to go to that check down, but Jason Pierre-Paul has already, you know, batted a pass down, and if I throw this, it's probably going to bat this one down, too, because he's coming into my face. Whereas if I just step up into the pocket, now I can make that throw. But now that check down is covered. And so it was just, it, it was, it, it, I could not believe uh, how well he handled uh, what he was what he was faced with. But yeah. that doesn't matter when you lose. It doesn't matter when you lose, but yeah, definitely way mature for his age. And, you know, even the press conferences, uh, it, it's, a, it's a well-coached team. It's a good team. They'll be back. Um, you know, and who knows? We, we got to remember that Buccaneers were a wild-card team, so... You know, if we had an NFL, NFC East team this year, they they may not have made it this far. You know, so it, who knows what's going to happen next year? I think Bucks should be the favorite, even though Chiefs are. But uh, congrats to the Buccaneers, man! You got no, you got to respect everything from everything that team did. Uh, but you see your uh, your boy Calvin Johnson. I'm calling him Megacron now. Uh, fresh off, <laughs> fresh off uh, Hall of Fame induction, jumping right into the mar- marijuana growing business and dispensary uh, for medical and recreational and. In Michigan, but my favorite part about this story is on ESPN.com interview. He he said he started using Mary Jane at Georgia Tech, but by the end of his NFL career, he was smoking after every game and sometimes during the week to help him get out of bed. Uh, Expose the NFL? Um, I don't think so. And possibly I, NCAA. I mean, ev- after every game and weekdays to get out. And he said some some weekdays I might. You know, he was smoking every wake and bake every morning. Headed to yeah, practice. but I. I, there are a lot of guys who obviously smoke weed a lot in the NFL. Yeah, I, I but think it's, it's supposed to be illegal. So why don't we just legalize it? I mean, it, it's, it's it's something that has kept Josh Gordon out of the league for you know the better part of five years. Okay, but, well, but I think I think that's an important distinction to make. Though. Did Josh Gordon end up in the protocol because he got into some situation that required a test in college, and then. If you test positive in college, you're automatically in the program when you get to the NFL. I think that did, but Megatron said he was smoking at Georgia Tech too. I, I'm just saying. Yeah, like but he, he wasn't. But I'm saying like there was like an up. incident that required a test oh, okay. for Josh so, like, he Gordon. Caught with something. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and then so so Calvin Johnson was never 
he's never like put in the protocol. And I think yeah. they were just like, eh. Because I mean, like, I, there are there are players who are like Calvin Johnson level who smoke weed. Oh, who I know. Just I've, like, I've seen yeah. it. Seen it. Uh, and, and, and other right. drugs. And, and, and other drugs. You know, I've been at parties I, where yeah, everything's on the table, literally. Let me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to not expose some people yeah, I but, know. And I'm, but like, I think he's just exposed the NFL because it's supposed to be like, hey, we crack down, we're serious about this, and every you know, marijuana is not something that comes out of your system the next day. Uh, so right. he knew when he was getting his test, which we already knew. NCAA players know when they're getting the test, which makes it even dumber when someone gets caught. Uh, but just but, the, uh, the fact that he can say this blatantly now and expose them a little bit, I, I just I thought it was dry snitching a little bit. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was dry snitching a little bit, and it, it forces the NFL's hands to now really make this decision. Like the, most states are, I, are illegal. I, it's, it's like it's like being like, hey, you know, the other day when I was uh, when I was out on the highway, my wife was speeding in the car. Like everybody speeds, man. Like it's not. Like, did you get caught? <laughs> Like that's what this is about. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, that's awesome, though. I mean, he's he's real into the medical side of it, and he's going to make some money. Um, it's a it's a billion dollar industry. Do you think Iowa, you know, Louisiana? We got fifteen states plus DC now legal. Who do you think's next? I, I, Louisiana's getting pretty close, um, which shocks me because they're more progressive on some stuff than Iowa, which I never would have thought when I moved in two thousand twelve. But I I don't I think with I think with a little bit of luck, Iowa may get there. Some some real uh, serious efforts to change. Some, I think what we have to do is on the agricultural side of it and start pushing those benefits yep. and medical for benefits. the farmers. Yep. Yeah, yep. so the and, farmers. Yep, I agree. We're going to take a quick along. break. Uh, Join here with co- comedian Dante Powell. We'll get back to the big O here after the break. And also, I want to talk to you about the betting in Iowa. The number, number figure is pretty amazing. So let's go deep. We'll yeah. be right back. Welcome back to Go Deep with your host, Tyreek, live from the Horizon Event Center studio. Joined here with comedian Dante Powell, about to get into this big O segment. Dante, around $16.3 to $16.9 wagered on the Super Bowl for the state of Iowa. Uh, How crazy is that, man? That's, I mean, we just legalized gambling. We just had about four new apps join our party. And obviously the Super Bowl, and I think NCAA would be the next big one. But almost $17 million, is that figure surprise you or did you know it'd be that big not real i'm probably about three quarters of that myself yeah you know busy as i, busy as I was getting uh <laughs> in-game I, bets you know, no, yeah that, that's that's a little surprising but i mean it, I, I do notice that when i go to when i go to prairie meadows and uh you know do a little betting myself uh because normally i'm on the app but when i actually go in i'm always shocked at how uh popular the sports bet uh sports book rather it is as I go more and more. So I'm, it makes me happy. Like, oh, yeah. I'm glad people are, are into it. Me too. I mean, I used to travel every year to Vegas for the NCAA tournament, uh, you know, to get my bets in. So the fact that I can sit at home at 10 a.m. and do in-game bets, you know, is, is amazing. And I, I think it's going to – Super Bowl is one of those where, you know, I have three or four buddies whose girlfriends or wives – downloaded an app to bet during the Super Bowl. That's one of those where it's right. going to get infl- inflated. And the same with NCAA. And I think for this state, the Seahawks game will be another it's one. It's crazy where... because, like, we used to just be degenerate. Yes. And now it's like, <laughs> it's like sw- swipe right on the Chiefs. And you're like, all right, let's do it. I'm, I guess Patrick Mahomes about to get the package <laughs> picture tonight. It's a, I don't it's know. A, it's a dangerous tender. It's like if you were charged $2 every time you swiped. Which we should, you know. <laughs> French would be broke by now. 
<laughs> yeah, actually, Tinder is dangerous. Tinder. I feel like betting on sports is more. Oh more yeah, safe you know. Tinder. Less STDs if you're a sports. woman. Yep. <laughs> uh, what's up with my boy Embiid, man? Is he is he your MVP? Is it too early to say, or can we just cram man, it right now? I, I I think because they'll they'll never give it to LeBron again. Or Embiid uh, with the with, don't say that. Don't say it. Come on, come on. Look, let's, I, 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 let's I'm not sympathize with LeBron. He should. LeBron should have won two more uh, at least. I I give you that, and I think he might win it. I don't I don't know if Embiid can sustain this without injuries uh, throughout the year, and LeBron knows how to control his body a little more. So LeBron still has a chance, but don't say that. Come on, they have right. Look, I, I'm just I'm just saying what I'm seeing. <laughs> I, I think I think Embiid will be fine. I think he'll be. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting for sure, but I, I'm really happy to see him playing so well. Me too, me too. I mean, the process, trust the process. As a Sixers fan, uh, I haven't trusted much in the last few years, but you know, I, I bought into Embiid day one, and I was a little upset when he was acting like he wanted to go somewhere. I get it, uh, but now he's buying back into the city of Philadelphia, and we're one of those cities that if if we love you, you love us. We're going to ride you to the end, man. And so yeah. I, I think he knows that. So hopefully he knows this is his team and he should be able to bring who he wants here and not have to leave to go get that championship. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. I love Doc Rivers. So, I'm, you know, I'm excited for it. Um, Brent, you ready to get in this big O? Yep. All right, Dante, we're going to hop in this big O and see what you got, man. Let's do it. Oh, oh, oh. The big O with comedian Dante Powell. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> All yours, homie. Yeah, man, this is a tough week. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the quick uh, honorable mentions. We're gonna go with my third dark horse for MVP in the NBA, uh, Steph Curry, who on Saturday went for 57 points on 19 of 31 shooting from the field, eight for eight from the free throw line against the Mavericks in a loss 134 to 132. My man went off for 57 points. Um, he's gone for 60 this season. I like what he's doing, and I think once uh, once Clay gets back next year and they start to develop Wiseman a little bit, this dude is he's on a trajectory to, to kind of reestablish some great stuff in uh, Golden State. My second honorable mention, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Um, they, they both played really well considering the circumstances of the Super Bowl, but that is irrelevant because they lost to the big old this week, Mr. Thomas Brady. Okay. Uh, my man okay. didn't do anything exceptional except win his seventh Super Bowl. He did what it took. 21-29 passing, 201 yards, three touchdowns. A man hit Gronk on a rope in the end zone. He, he was, you know, pitching it like it needed to be pitched. He overthrew some guys when he knew that the only option was to overthrow him or, or risk an interception. Yep. He just ball. played a beautiful game. And then the most offensive thing he did this week was one, uh, get in Honey Badger's face, and two, raid, which I absolutely love. So And toss uh, the precious uh, Lombardi trophy from one boat which, to another. Yeah, when you got as many as he does, who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah, let it drown. What, who cares? What of it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got, I got to give it. Tom Brady too, and again, I could have gave it to Devin White or the defense, um, or or Gronk. You know, Davian Banks last week called Gronk would be the MVP, and when Gronk came out and hit two touchdowns right away, I texted Davian like, "Oh, okay, old man, you you guys got some kind of connection there or something." 
Uh, well, yeah, Tom at, did his you thing. Know, I, I thought uh, Fournette played a little better than Gronk. But it, I thought you were going to get that money, man. <laughs> I, I got the uh, I got the over for Fournette at least. So his over under was 45 go. yards. He got 75. So I, I got some decent prop bets in there. Uh, Damian Damian Williams that or it was Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams, yeah. that, that catch, he had a prop bet for two and a half catches. And that, that one that Mahomes was all matrix sideways and it hit him in the face, that would have gave me the uh, $75 win. Not much, but wow. I, I was very upset because I knew the game was out of hand. I knew I was going to win off the Bucks anyway, so I needed that prop bet to uh, take me over the 500 mark for the week. Uh, Man. But, uh, you know, it was a good game. I, uh, all the anticipation was worth it, even though Frenchie's Chiefs pretty much got blown out. I mean, no touchdowns, Frenchie. I... You know, he's been very quiet today. No back-to-back. None, none of those uh, great productions he had last week. Uh, I just like the fact that I'm right, so I, I like to rub that in. But you were, you were voting well, for the Chiefs, right? Maybe maybe this week for the D3-3, three and three, he can just do all the field goals the Chiefs kick. Ah, was that kicker? He three points for us. <laughs> yep. All nine points. <laughs> nine points to make. Uh, comedian yeah. Dante Powell, man, we appreciate you as always. The big O. Uh, we'll catch you next week. We're going to start getting into basketball season and, like I said, NCAA tournament. So uh, I'm pretty excited for that, man. We're going to have some fun. Let's do it. Appreciate you, man. Uh, go deep. Take we're, care, man. Take it easy. Go deep. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here in a minute. We're going to open up these phone lines. Actually, no, we're not going to take a break. We're going to open up these phone lines, right, Frenchie? Yeah. All right. Good. You know, who needs to pay bills around here? 515-244-1350. 515-244-1350. We can talk about your beloved Chiefs. We can talk about your Packers. We can talk about your Bears or your Vikings. Or we can talk about my Buccaneers. I'll even say my Drake Bulldogs still. They one loss. They're still legit. Your Buccaneers coming from a diehard Eagles. My fan. Buccaneers from the heart of Philly. My Buccaneers did great things this past weekend. They won me money and part of my heart. Uh, yes, I'm a diehard Eagles fan. I'll, I'll always stay that way. Uh, but your Chiefs just didn't. What? What? I. Who do we blame? Who? Who's to blame for the Chiefs? I don't think there's really anyone to blame. I think they just got outplayed. I outcoached, outplayed. The the outmanned. Bucks the Bucks wanted this more. They came in, had a great game plan, they executed and they just beat them. I I this was a game that, you know, again, I disagreed with a lot of the calls, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. Yes, there were definitely some blind refs and some calls you just cannot make whether it's a Super Bowl playoffs or not. Uh but again, like you said, no excuses because those were maybe 2-3 first downs where the Bucks were still just dominating yeah. in that game. And I think the one play that kind of solidified it for me that this game was uh, going to end poorly for me was the last drive of the first half for um, Tampa Bay. Instead of just letting it go to halftime, Andy Reid called two timeouts trying to get the ball back when they had some momentum after that second field goal. It's like, just, just going to halftime. You've got that momentum already. You're going to get the ball to start the second half. You're down by one touchdown and a two-point conversion. You're down nope. by one. Instead, you give Tom Brady an extra drive. Then you, McCole Hardman, I don't know what it is. But the Chiefs can't yeah. stay onside against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, and we look at that play with the last 30 seconds or whatever it was, and we look with Scotty Miller and the answers. And that's not just the, you know, that, that first time might be luck or the other coach or the defense. Two times in a row about those fumbles with the defense of the Buccaneers the last couple weeks. These are these are well planned out plays. These are execution. This is this is the Bucks. This is more about the Bucks and less about the Chiefs. Yeah, I think I, when I, those happen, I losing Fisher was going to be a huge impact to their offensive line. I didn't huge. think it was going to be that big. Yep, I, it, 
And and I, I hate to tell you, if Fisher was there, there still might have been just as much pressure. Because Bowles didn't really bring more often because that front four, but he was prepared to bring five or more. Dante just said it as well. He, we've seen him the last six weeks. He's bringing the blitz, but he didn't really have to. So Fisher would would have helped, but I don't I don't think that it would have changed the outcome that much. I think the major thing with Fisher is that his one loss caused three shifts on the offensive line. Remmers went from right tackle to left tackle. He's not fast enough or strong enough to play left tackle. He's a halfway decent right tackle. He's play, he played in the postseason and regular season without Schwartz at that position. Andrew Wiley shifted from right guard to right tackle. Again, not fast enough to play tackle. He's going to get beat in that speed rush every time, and he got beat on that speed rush every And now time. what do you do with Fisher next year? Are they are they keeping I, Fisher, signing him? It's Andy Reid's first ever pick with the team, but he's, he's also getting up there, and do you pay this money now for an injury-prone tackle? I don't think he's injury-prone because this is like the first, first major second, injury. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's going to be, you got to, after that surgery, you got to f- find out what is his time because if he's going to miss all of next year, you got to cut him. You yeah. got it saves you $12 million. And stuff. I love Eric Fisher. At yep. first, I, and that's you, a position that you just, you, you got to have on a team to be successful yeah. or you're running for your life, you know? And I'm just looking at next year, they'll have Lucas Niang back, who was third round pick for him. In last year's draft, he opted out of the season. So he's had an entire year with the playbook to, you know, kind of get bigger, get stronger. And he hasn't played an NFL game yet, but he's it knows this system a little bit more now. And he might be the heir apparent yep. at left tackle. I think they possibly go offensive line or middle linebacker because the, the linebacker and offensive line are the two biggest question marks for this coming season. Because you've got Ben Damien Williams or Damien Wilson as free agents and Anthony Hitchens as another potential cut candidate. And then you got to figure out what are you doing with Austin Ryder, Je- Andrew Wiley, um, and uh, Kalecha Olasime, as well as your two tackles who were injured the entire for most of the season. I agree. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs are going to have their problems. But like I told Dante, they're, they're still the Chiefs, they're still favorites to win the Super Bowl. They'll be okay. They'll, uh, they'll bounce back. They might still be in the same position next year because you still have to stop a lot of weapons. They're going to add some weapons, lose some weapons. So there's going to be a lot going on. Um, you know, Speaking of losing weapons, my, my, my Eagles are on the verge of trying to get rid of wins, it seems. Possibly the Bears or the Colts. Uh, 515-244-1350. This is Go Deep. I'm your host, Tariq. 515-244-1350. Open up the phone lines. Uh, we're joined here with, this is Larry. This is Larry. How you doing, sir? What do you want to talk about? Welcome Man. to Go Deep. I'm good. I'm good. I was, uh, yeah, excited to to see uh, see some action going on this off season with the Bears and the quarterback. But uh, you ready for Carson? I gotta Wentz? say, I don't think I want Carson Wentz. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking around the league. I don't think I want anybody. I don't necessarily want Trubisky. I you, definitely don't want Foles. You want Tua? I mean, as a as a Bears uh, fan, I don't think you can be picky. I mean, who's your best? McMahon is not popping out, and I don't think he was that great either. Uh, but uh, Tua, Darnold, can you turn Darnold around? You know, it, the whole Darnold thing, I just heard about that uh, this morning, that that was even an option or something that was being Scary, considered. Huh? And and I would say he's he's tough enough, I think, to play in Chicago. You really do have to have – you have to have a pretty tough guy. Yep. Um, just you like know, you're going to get hit. <laughs> and the crowd's going to be on you. I mean, media and the crowd's yeah. going to be on you, so you got to be tough-minded as well. Yeah. I don't know if Trubisky's ready for that still. Um, it's a real spotlight. I, I almost would rather see the Bears, because there's no perfect fit out there right now. There's just no one worth, I think, giving up any more draft picks over 
there's no one worth giving up anyone on our roster over. Um, I, I actually would, and this I'm a lifelong Bears fan, uh, and I've I've Sorry seen our share that. of bad quarterbacks. And I was the first guy to tell you we, we we should move on from Trubisky last year, but quite honestly, quite frankly, right now, I would I would stick with Trubisky. I would uh, I would spend our draft picks, our money uh, in the off season, and I'd go after sure enough the offensive line because it's more than just. More, I, I think the problems are more than just the quarterback. It's not just on Trubisky. Oh, you I look agree. at the, it's the I, offensive line; they're so leaky. And think about think about what David Montgomery could do if all of a sudden that they they, they were able to spend that money and focus and attention, and stop worrying about the damn quarterback. Sorry, <laughs> Frenchy, you Frenchy, you're still good on the board. He's, he's not as quick as he used to be with that beat button. Uh, but uh, no, I. I I'm with you, man, and I think you guys made that decision when you decided to keep pace for the rest of his year contract, next year contract, and you decided to keep your court, your coach for the, the last two years yeah. of his contract. It's hard to bring in a Deshaun Watson when you have a new GM coming next year, most likely. It's hard to exactly. it's hard to give up draft picks and Tyreek Cohen and Foles for Wentz when you don't know who's going to be your coach in two years. Uh, so exactly. I think you guys already made your bed three weeks ago that when you decided to keep your coach. Um, but as a lifelong Bears fan, does that make you a Chiefs? I mean, and I say Chiefs because it's the region hater. You know, what, are you what happy they is, lost? <laughs> Man, you know I'm happy they lost. Half my oh. family they are they're, all, they're they are Chiefs fans, so I should I should have probably wanted to be a Chiefs fan in the Super Bowl. But but here's the deal: as a Bears fan, here's how that ties in a little bit to my my Super Bowl pick. As a Bears fan, we're never in the playoffs. I never get a root for anybody. I never get to root for my team in the playoffs ever. 2001, so, 2002. <laughs> kind of like leaned over and said, okay, you know, is there another team that's there? Tom Brady and the Patriots were always there. So I always got to root for Tom Brady and the oh, Patriots. And I always got to see my team go deep in the playoffs, right? <laughs> go deep. So that was, that was kind of nice. And, and so when, when all of a sudden he's in Tampa Bay, it's like, I'm not going to be able to root for him every year. If the Bears ever make it into the playoffs, I'm going to have to play Tom Brady. And I'm not going to be rooting for him. But this year, of all years, uh, getting a chance to watch Tom Brady in the Super Bowl again, yeah, the Chiefs never had my – I was never, never going never gonna to be rooting for them. And quite honestly, I mean, Frenchie, I've known Frenchie a few years, and, and I, I mean, I, I think he had a great, uh, a, a great following the game. So, Frenchie, I wanted to give you a shout-out for uh, – Oh, you bet West very Bears fans are nice. Very humble loss. All right. Well, we appreciate you calling in, Larry. We got to head to a commercial break. Uh, you can check back with us at the end of the 10 o'clock hour as well, man. Tyreek, we got Sam Summers coming up, Tavian Banks in the second hour. Go deep. He's going to go deep. I mean, deep. Touchdowns! Live from the Horizon Event Center studio, it's time to go deep with your host, Tariq, only on 1350 ESPN. Hour one in the books. Welcome to hour two of Go Deep, episode eight. Having a little fun. We had Dante Powell, comedian, join us in the first hour. Went through all the top headlines of the hour, uh, including Megacron. Megacron. I got to let that roll off the tongue like Megatron did. Uh, first, con- congrats to him entering the Hall of Fame. And then congrats to him entering the marijuana business. He's now a grower and a dispensary owner with his uh, former teammate, Rob Sims. And the best part about that story is on ESPN.com in the interview, he, he pretty much exposed the NCAA. And all. He said... Uh, I started smoking marijuana at Georgia Tech, and then by the end of my career, I was smoking after every game and sometimes during the week to help me get up. And by sometimes during the week to help me get up, you Wake and Bakers know exactly what he means. Like, 
it's like having coffee in the morning. I need to smoke. I need to eat my edibles. I need to do whatever. But he admits to doing this. I mean, it was almost dry snitching in a way. He admits to doing this in this interview that kind of just throws the NFL under the bus because now it's like, oh, we're we're testing for these substances. We're making it illegal. We're making it a big deal if you get caught with any of these. Uh, but we have superstars, retired Hall of Famers now coming out saying that they smoked it almost every day and after every game. And yet we're supposed to be testing for it. They smoked it in college or they they used it in college. And yet NCAA is supposed to be on top of that testing players. Uh, in my opinion, Dante exposed those two organizations as whether you, if you're a superstar or you know how to play the system, you can easily get away with marijuana use, which I think creates the argument of why is it still illegal in the NFL, especially when we have 15 states plus D.C. with a legal uh, who have either decriminalized it or made it legal in the state. And these states have professional teams. Detroit, Michigan has the Lions, the Washington football team in Detroit or in D.C. We got the Seattle Seahawks, the Colorado Denver Broncos, the state of California. How many teams we got there? Nevada, the Raiders. I mean, you think about every Arizona just legalized the Cardinals. Think about every state that's legalized besides maybe Vermont and South Dakota. You know, Illinois, the Chicago Chicago Bears can now legally go to a dispensary grab a, a edible and a, a joint and head home like nothing, but they can't use it during the season legally right now. And Calvin Johnson just exposed that. Yeah, we can, we, we, we can get away with it. Well, they can't use it legally. <laughs> yeah, but. Those quotes. Yeah. Uh, uh, the most amazing thing from the statement though, of him using it at Georgia tech is that I forgot that he was from Georgia tech. Oh man. Because he's a beast. I know, but just to remember, it's like who, would have thought that one of the best receivers of all time was coming out of Georgia Tech. I just looked up like other players from Georgia Tech, and the only on this list are Harrison Butker and Darren Waller. Yeah, and then like former players, you've got like Demarius Thomas, Derek Moore guys, but it's pretty few and far between. Uh, Keith Brooking as well. Demarius Thomas was supposed to be the second coming of Calvin Johnson when he was at Georgia Tech. Uh, and you see, it started that way with with uh, Peyton, and then it kind of dropped off. But... Hey, hey, Tebow. Uh, he, yeah, he started with he Tebow. Started with Tebow and with a big win in the super in the playoffs against the I Steelers. Still love that game. Yep. I I never been a Broncos fan. Well, as a Chiefs fan, I can't be, but I've always loved Tim Tebow. Yeah, so that yeah. was just awesome to get to watch. I also liked Jake Plummer back in the day too. Jake Plummer had a little. He was a kind of a cutler in my opinion, uh, which is funny because they're both with the Broncos. But um, yeah, so Calvin Johnson, I think, kind of exposed uh, NCAA and the NFL. Dante didn't think so, but I thought it was a little bit of dry snitching there. I, I still think it's hilarious. Um, and I, I think it, it further proves the point to, you know, UFC has now stopped testing for marijuana. Um, the hockey NHL may stop testing for marijuana. You know, Canada is pretty much wide open for marijuana for years, Vancouver. Um, and, and now you look at the NFL, a predominantly black organization. And when it comes to players and employees, not the upper office, I should add, but uh, when it comes to players and, and we all know that, uh, we associate marijuana with black people, black people with marijuana, and now have these harsh laws with marijuana that sometimes puts people in jail longer than sometimes a murderer or attempted murderer or a domestic repeat domestic violence offender, sexual offender are doing less time than someone who might have had, uh, you know, 30 grams of marijuana, whatever that is. Uh, Frenchie, I'm sure you know, I'm sure you got it broken down on your calculator, but uh, whatever that may be. And, and it just, it, it proves my point of, you know, these medical benefits that they're approaching and just the recreational use at this point, it's, 
It's legal in 15 states. You got players admitting they've used it throughout their whole career. Uh, why are we sending people to jail for years, calling them felons of a, a plant that we allow them to use when there's other things like alcohol, tobacco, that are just as addictive, more addictive. Uh, so uh, props to Calvin Johnson. I, I'm big ups on what he's doing. And next level, I don't know if Iowa will follow this trend that South Dakota and Illinois is doing. Uh, they've talked about it, but I don't see our uh, our governor going that way. And, you know, she has a reason, so whatever. Uh, but uh, much props to Calvin Johnson. Uh, that that article took me off when he when he just dry snitched in one sentence and threw me off. Uh, still to come, we got Tavian Banks doing the bank on a statement. But uh, we're going to get into this D3 and 3, Frenchie. Frenchie, you ready for the most well-produced segment in radio? Absolutely. Let's give it a go. Can't forget the little guys. Don't forget the little guys. It's time for D3 and 3 with producer Frenchie. Three minutes dedicated to Division Three sports in the state of Iowa. We are going to get some. So last week we talked about Ali Marpet, the uh, now Super Bowl champion offensive guard of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he had some huge blocks in that Super Bowl. And uh, we're going to talk this week about maybe the next Ali Marpet. His name is Quinn Miners. He was uh, talking a big game during the uh, Senior Bowl week as a uh, offensive guard from Division III's UW, so University of Wisconsin Whitewater. Oh yeah, a little bit of background on UW Whitewater. You know, everyone always talks about Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State are like the big three in the college football playoff. They're there like every year. Um, UW Whitewater and uh, Mountain Union are that way in Division Three. They are basically the uh, North Dakota State of Division Three. There was a stretch where they were; it was the two of them in the national championship for six years in a row. And UW Whitewater has produced just some major athletes. They had a gone to the Senior Bowl over the last five, six years. Uh, one of the guys was a former D1 player, and I think he got a couple tryouts from NFL teams. We played them a couple times when I was at Wartburg, and uh, one of the best college football games I've ever seen was my freshman year when we played them in the Elite Eight. But, you know, just with the penchant they have for great football, to see another guy go to the uh, pretty cool for minors, but the way he showed up at the Senior Bowl was amazing. Kind of a club on the fist because he's had to deal with a broken hand recently. But showed up with a crop top jersey, and Deep style. yeah, um, showed up with it. Uh, called it showing his gut, and the picture went viral. He said he had to turn off his notifications on his uh, all the social media because of that. But apparently, showed out during the Senior Bowl and really looks like he could be, you know, not necessarily a, a second round pick or anything like that because we saw that with Marpet. But he does have the size. His goal is to prove that he can play guard and tackle. Played guard at Whitewater, but was a tackle in high school. He's six foot three, three hundred twenty-five pounds. I think he could be a really good sleeper for some NFL team looking for offensive line depth that might be in Kansas. You know, guys that can play multiple positions because they never know what their offensive line is going to look like. Yep, it's uh, you know, and good job on the D three and three Frenchie goals, man. You talk about uh, even Georgia Tech. You're saying, oh, Calvin Johnson came from Georgia Tech. Uh, you think about some of the top players, and especially in football, this is where it gets so tricky. You know, Tom Brady being a seventh-round pick. Uh, yeah, he went to Michigan, but he was a seventh-round pick. Uh, Marvin Harrison went to Syracuse. I mean, Donovan, Donovan McNabb, maybe a few others coming out of that school. 
Uh, but then you look at the top and I hate to even say his name, but Tara Owens, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, you know, but you look Randy at, Moss went to Marshall and you look at Jerry Rice, you know, Mississippi Valley State, Mississippi Valley State College for the greatest NFL player, possibly NFL, greatest NFL wide receiver and possibly player ever. Mississippi Valley State. Yeah, so I mean, even look at the top quarterbacks right now. Aaron Rodgers went to Cal. Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech. Russell Wilson went to Wisconsin. They, all those you named, though, were supposed to be kind of big, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac twelve teams. But how many of them were honestly that good? No, no. Mahomes showed glimpse, but you know, Iowa State kicked his butt, and he didn't have many wins at Texas Tech. Uh, you know, Rodgers w- was brilliant at Berkeley. You know, I was I was in the area at the time. He was brilliant. They made him wait. You know, the big part of Rodgers is he dropped, you know, like Deshaun Watson, um, you know, and, and to think, you know, we we're talking about the Bears earlier with Larry who called in. Uh, thanks to Larry who called in. Uh, 515-244-13. Uh, you too can be on uh, talking about your favorite team or just bashing the Chiefs on, in Frenchie's sake. 515-244-1350. We'll open up the, at the end of this hour. Still to come this hour, we got Sam Summers, uh, creator, only concert venue, uh, up down bars. Um, so much more. He produces the Big Country Bash in Iowa. Uh, he's got a lot going on, but we're going to talk to him about the the music scene. And I want to talk to him about sports cards, which had a uh, boom this past year. And uh, Sam's a big sports card geek. And I, I could call him a geek maybe a year ago, but now it's like investor. Now it's now it's genius. You know, it's a it's a stock that he's held on to long enough that now it's worth a lot of money. Uh, so we'll talk with him. We still got Tavian Banks hopefully joining us. And I heard from Tavian last, uh, you know, we're talking trash on Sunday, I believe, during the Super Bowl. He called for Gronk to be the MVP. And I thought first half, I was like, wow, old man, you, you, you did that. You did that. Uh, obviously, Tom Brady got it, as we suspected. But uh, we'll talk with Tavian about his uh, bets and his bank on it statement. And I want to see what he thinks about the marijuana use and the NCAA and NFL. Was Tavian out here smoking joints after every game and sometimes mornings to help him get up? Is that, is that how it worked for him, too, the way it worked for Calvin Johnson? I don't know. Uh, big shout out again to Dante Powell for coming through in the first hour segment. Uh, we're going to get into, uh, you know, the marijuana talk. We're going to get into the sports card talk. And I still want to touch on this parade and the, the fun, that, that type of drunkenness that Brady was, that happiness that you see in his face. Uh, I think they're going to try to get this whole band back together and run it back next year. And I think Arian said run it back was the Chiefs term. And so he's going for two. Uh, but I think the Buccaneers can do it. We'll see what Tavian thinks after the break. This is Go Deep. Philadelphia Eagles sitting number one in the Eastern Conference of the NBA, and you mean your 76ers? Oh, that's the Eagles. Yeah, wow. it's you like see what's on my mind. They're not sitting number one in anything. No, right they now. will be. They'll be back. They'll be back. We got to figure out what we're doing with Wentz. But my 76ers are sitting number one in the East uh, with Embiid looking like he wants that MVP. I know LeBron's gonna have most, something most to say about it. process. Uh, it, it take, I'll take it if it's a trophy. Uh, you know, I want that. I want that championship, though. And I, I think Lim, uh, I think Doc Rivers finally helped Embiid realize that you can be great, but in the end, those championships are going to matter. And he said he wants to have a championship to hand to his kids, uh, an MVP to hand to his kids, but he really wants to bring one to the city of Philadelphia. And I believe him when he says that. And I don't. The Nets haven't figured it out yet, but we see this every time with uh, super teams, as we like to call it. Um, Golden State Warriors when they got KD, it took them a while to get used to it. Uh, Miami Heat, when we got the big three, Bosch and Wade and, and LeBron, it took them a little while to get used to it. Uh, but it, in the end, it's hard to beat the Nets seven in seven-game series. You know, I I don't 
I don't know. I don't see many teams taking them to that limit. Boston, maybe. Greek Freak, probably most likely. Sixers, best all-around all defense, so I think it's a possibility. But you got to think that Harden, Kyrie, and KD are going to get it together at some point and consistently and start to roll. So they're going to no start knocking off 6 to 10 win streaks, you know, 6 to 10 game win streaks around. Uh, so we'll talk about that here coming up as well. Uh, Tavian Banks should be joining us here shortly with the bank on its statement. I would really want to really want to talk to him about, you know, he is the access and getting away with using wacky tobacco in the NCAA and, and NFL. Uh, Calvin Johnson just kind of exposed that quietly. You know, you don't hear much talk about it this week, but uh, it was an ESPN.com article and it just, it, it grabbed my attention because I'm like, is, is this man dry snitching a little bit? Just letting people know that he, you know, this now Hall of Famer every day or after every game at least. And he said most mornings or some up. <laughs> I, I just love that. Help him get up. You know, that, that wake and bake feeling. Frenchie knows that all too well where he can't move until he just burns one back. <laughs> Are you really a pothead, Frenchie? Can we expose this? Are you? No. Uh, maybe my past, but not anymore. Okay, good, good. That stuff will kill you, man. You get real addicted. You'll drive crazy over the limit. Um, D did you know the math <laughs> of how much deaths? you'd have to smoke to OD? How much? Um, if I remember correctly, it is fifteen thousand pounds in fifteen minutes to overload your brain enough to kill you. And I feel like at about maybe one pound, you might overload your lungs, and that'll kill you first. So you know, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's crazy. I mean, the difference between the threat of alcohol and even cigarettes compared to marijuana, uh, but where those things sit on a totem pole of what's legal, what's not, and the repercussions of getting caught with it. Uh, but apparently you can do it almost every day in the NFL and no, didn't don't have to worry about it. Josh Gordon didn't get, didn't get that memo. And Dante brought up that Josh Gordon got in, in trouble in college, so he entered the league having to take tests. But he should still know when those tests are coming. I, I feel like even people on probation can get away with smoking. I mean, people on probation, people that get drug tested for their normal jobs. I know people that smoke around their drug tests. No people, huh? <laughs> yes. Around your Walmart drug test, you uh, you, you had a few. Uh, and, and there's what? Tests out there that you can pass by other tests or, you know, there's other ways around it. And he didn't even say he did that. He <laughs> just said we knew that we weren't going to get in trouble for marijuana. He knew when he's getting assessed. Uh, which I, I I feel like we all knew that already. We knew that marijuana wasn't as cracked down on, but when you see people get in trouble for it in the league or in the UFC or whatever it may be, you're like, wow, really? They're getting in trouble for that? And then you're also like, wow, really? You got caught, you idiot? What are you doing? You know, because if it was illegal, then yes, stop, take the season off. You know, that's, if it's going to risk your job, don't do it. So one of the teams that you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, they're in a state that hasn't legalized the Seattle Seahawks. Do you think the uh, if they were to, you know, stop testing for in the NFL completely, would you think that'd be enough to keep Russell Wilson happy with uh, uh, no. how many times he gets sacked and now maybe uh, wanting a trade? Nope. He exposed his team on the Dan Patrick show. So shout out to the Dan Patrick show for getting that uh, quote. But he exposed his team. And I don't know if the, them smoking or slowing down his offensive line. And I don't. And, and, and when I heard it and I. I I heard it live. I, I didn't take it as him throwing shots at his offensive line. I took it as him throwing shots at his upper office, his offensive line coach, and his head coach saying, we got to do something better. And to see Tom being able to recruit, bring his own players, make decisions in the organization, and know that Tom just won a Super Bowl and Mahomes was just in the Super Bowl and Russell Williams is, or Wilson is sitting next to Goodell at, at the Super Bowl watching these guys. 
and hasn't played in one in what seven years. And almost? the last one he's going to be remembered for is Malcolm intercepting him. And so you know, I think that's where he's coming. My offensive line sucks, and we need to get rid of these guys. He's saying, hey, these guys are making decisions that help them get to the Super Bowl. I haven't been able to make decisions, but I also haven't been back to the Super Bowl. And Tom just got his seventh. And Russell's taking hits. And that those hits, he's going to go down as the most hit quarterback in the history of the league. And that's not even just at this pace. No matter what they do, I think he's still going to go down as the most hit quarterback in the league, in the history of the league. That takes years off your career. That takes big-time years off your career. It's it. It has to dwell on you when you watch your cohorts, your your friends, your other quarterbacks out here standing in the pocket, not running for their lives, winning championships, winning playoff games, making a decision if they want to come back or where they want to go or who comes to their team. And you got Russell sitting here in Seattle. It's almost like Deshaun in, in Houston. But- I, I will say, though, they've at least put a lot of capital towards building that offensive line. They traded for Laramie Tunsil. They drafted two they did, offensive linemen. But then linemen. they got rid of his number one weapon. So yeah. what's the difference? I you give me time, but now I got no one to pass to, or you give me someone to pass to, but I got no time. Yeah, but that's what I'm just saying is like they've tried to invest in trying to protect him. Trying to they protect did. they did. And just Bill O'Brien's an idiot. Yes. Like that's that's the only thing. Because that investment, even with Tunsil, I, I saw it as a two to three year you have to win now because he was already up there getting up there in age. And he's a big dude. So his body's gonna wear it too. And now you you know you lost a lot of first round picks, and now you're looking at the Dolphins trying to trade those picks back, or you know, it's it, Russell, and it's nothing against the city of Seattle. And I think the city of Seattle took offense to it as well, you know, saying, "Oh, Russell wants out. We should just trade him now." He's and, and the only reason this was a a huge deal, such a compliant dude. You know, he doesn't he doesn't argue about stuff. He's very personable, very great with the media, very great for your brand. And for him to finally come out against the brand, I think is shocking to people. And it, it, it and it gives us something to talk about, but it, it it gives us something to think about because he's not wrong. I mean, is he wrong? I I mean, he doesn't get hit that many times and not be right. Yes. On saying, I've been hit too many times. And and I get it. Don't who oh, don't say it on media, don't say it on the radio, say it to us. I got to imagine he said it to them before. I, and, and he doesn't even have to say it. They see the stats. They watch the game. They know that offensive line system is not. He needs some protection. They know that his window is closing. And they were lucky enough to win on his rookie deal and then sign him again and make it back to the Super Bowl. And they know that he's a, a winning quarterback famer and he wants to go back and get a, another title because it used to be one Super Bowl automatically puts you in that Hall of Fame. It might but it, it doesn't put you in that conversation of top because two is now like, okay, Eli Manning got a second. Super, if Eli only won one, I'd be very hesitant put, putting him as a first ballot Hall of Famer. And him winning two, people were hesitant putting him as a first, first I, ballot. I still can't call him first ballot. I think, but two Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls. They, a 500 Mahomes, record. I, two Super Bowls. I, who cares what your record is? Two Super Bowls. I mean, I, isn't that what we play for? If 500 record, if you won 50% of your games and got two Super Bowls, it, yeah, it, it shows but, you how it is, but it, it's, you're a Hall of Famer. I'm not disagreeing that he's a Hall of Famer. I just don't think he's first, first ballot. ballot. You don't think that second one got him a first ballot? And I, I, no, I, I first, might agree with you, honestly, but it's just, it's, it's shocking because Dan Marino is a first ballot. So you're saying numbers over Super Bowls? I'm talking talent over Super Bowls. Dan Marino. Did not have the talent around him that some of these other guys did. Which is why he racked up the numbers but didn't win Super Bowls. 
Uh, you, you're saying Eli. I think Eli had a defense. I don't are know are you arguing that Eli Manning's a better quarterback than Dan Marino? Not at all. I'm arguing that why isn't, and I don't, and I'm not certain that I think Eli is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but why shouldn't he be an automatic first ballot Hall of Famer with two Super Bowls when it's such an elusive thing to have? Yeah, Tom Brady has seven, so it looks easy. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, he has the stats and one Super Bowl. But He's also you, got three MVPs. He has three MVPs, but do you not think he would trade two of those for a Super Bowl or all three of those for? I mean, Super he definitely Bowl? would. But then, isn't that make the Super Bowl the all the, the so, overall so number? Is James Jones a Hall of Famer in the NBA? He went to all those championships with LeBron. He got he got three rings. I, I NBA Super Bowl or NBA championships are looked at different, and especially when you're a quarterback. Is Jared Allen not a Hall of Famer then because he didn't win a Super Bowl? Jared Allen, uh, I I think he's a uh, Hall of Famer because of his position and his longevity and his stats. Um, but when we're looking at the quarterback position, and you're telling me that Philip Rivers is not a first ballot, possibly not a second ballot, but he's six in overall numbers, but he has zero Super Bowls, and now we're looking at a quarterback who you know might be top fifteen, top twenty in numbers, but has two Super Bowls. Uh, who who's higher, Eli or Philip? I think it'll also depend of who he's going against. Yes, yeah, so the year I mean, he goes in. Terrell Owens was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Reggie Wayne, not a first ballot Hall of Famer. You could have argued Reggie, but no, because Marvin really should have been the one to go in mm-hmm. with Peyton. Uh, but yes, I, I agree. Um, but I'm, I'm looking at this year. When we looked at the 15 first ballot finalists, and we got three of them. Calvin Johnson, one of the most dynamic wide receivers of all time, got in because of the impact on the game he had. Charles Woodson, the only defensive the Heisman and one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. Peyton Manning, who two Super Bowl rings, but his defense carried him to that second one. These were no doubt first ballot Hall of Famers. I can't look oh, well, at Eli and say he's a, he's a first ballot. I think there was doubt with Calvin Johnson because of the longevity of his career. And I think the same is going to be said for Andrew Luck. Is, is Andrew Luck a Hall of Famer? He would have been. Is he a Hall of Famer now? If, if Mahomes gets injured, that turf toe does what it did to Dion, does to him, and he his career's over in two or three years with no more Super Bowls. Yeah, now we say he's a Hall of Famer because we we're living in that era right now of seeing it. But if we look back in years, fifteen years, twenty years, and the next generation looks back at Mahomes' stats, which are crazy, but it'll only be over a short amount of time in one Super Bowl. Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer over uh, Eli with two, over uh, Philip Rivers, who's six in numbers but no Super Bowl? You know the impact he made in a short time. Yeah, but. If that's the case, Andrew Luck made quite the impact in a short, short, short amount of time. But you didn't look at Andrew Luck and say he's the best quarterback in the NFL. You he, looked, he was he was a top three quarterback for I won't say he was top two or three. three. I mean, he was the next Peyton Manning when he came out, didn't he? And then he they, was a hyped prospect. He was a good quarterback. He was a, at Stanford. He did he did great things at Stanford. Broke records. He came out high to the Colts, and he was the all apparent to Tom Brady. I don't know how we can say he wasn't. Tom Brady had just left. They actually had a chance to keep Tom Brady, got rid of Tom Brady. You mean or, Peyton, or Manning. Peyton Manning. I'm sorry. They had a chance to keep Peyton Manning, got rid of Peyton Manning because they knew they were getting and he And he was. He got sacked that first year, but once he got Frank Wright or once he had uh, you know, a good offensive system, he was, he was dominant. He couldn't stay healthy, but he was, he was the dominant quarterback. He was a top three quarterback, fantasy-wise, stats-wise, pro bowler. But four years, five years, six years, you know, and so, and he didn't change the game like Calvin Johnson, but it, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to say, but I just think that Super Bowl helps put you over that edge when it comes to the first ballot. And I think Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, another one, they're gonna look 
look back at themselves and say, man, we wasted 10 good years of not winning that Super Bowl when I had the talent. And Aaron Rodgers is MVP. You don't think he's questioning what his GM is doing, what his uh, coach is doing when they're bringing in. We know he questioned the quarterback, but you don't think he's saying to them right now, hey, yeah, I'll stick around for now. We'll figure this out, but you got to bring me this guy and this guy. You don't think they're giving him an opportunity to have a say, you know, or at least he's pitching his opportunity to have a say. You don't think Russell's pitching his opportunity. I think he said something way before he went on Dan Patrick's show. He said something to his team. So I don't know how they can get mad for him exposing them now that he's not getting his way, you know? And so, uh, but I'm with you. I don't, I don't, I'm still tough on putting Eli in on the first ballot and maybe even second ballot, but man, two Super Bowls and not just two Super Bowls. Who are those wins against? Tom Brady. Don't, don't say that lightly. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't lose too many. You know, Tom Brady lost two to Eli Manning. Who else has Tom Brady lost two to? Nick Foles beat him once. But who else has he lost two Super Bowl? What opposing quarterback here's, has he lost two thing, Super Bowls though. to? He did not just lose to Eli Manning. Eli Manning beat the defense. The defense. Yeah. Yes. That's why I always hate the, well, oh, they won yes. X number of championships. I agree, but still, you're I, on one side. You know, they talked about Mahomes versus Brady, and I said, no, Mahomes versus Bucks defense. Yeah. But when you look at it, when they played against each other, Mahomes, in big games, Mahomes is 0-2 against Brady. And that's really what it comes down to, right? That That's really how we look at it. Yeah, Bucks had a great defense. That's because that's the narrative people want to push. It's the narrative you want to push, but and it's how we how we gauge things. It's, it's you know, Mahomes had a chance to beat the GOAT. If Mahomes would have beat Brady, what would that narrative have been? Oh, he only won one, but it was against Brady, right? And and so, I mean, can we not same, use that same narrative for Eli just because we don't like Eli? You know, and I hate Eli. I'm, a, I'm See, an Eagles fan. I don't hate Eli. Yeah, but we don't give Eli much credit. The way he came into the league, forced himself on a new team, the, his demeanor, almost like a down almost, especially when we compare him to Peyton. And and the fact that Eli had two before Peyton, you don't think that weighed on Peyton? If Peyton won and those stats, we would have said Peyton was greater than Eli, but there would have been an argument saying, but Eli has two Super Bowls. And you know what that means to Peyton, that Super Bowl. That that Super Bowl, watching Tom Brady win that, what, uh, Peyton got his first, I think? Yeah. That You don't think that means something to Peyton? You I know? mean, winning a Super Bowl is obviously always going to mean something. But I'm just looking at his football is, at its heart, purely a team game. That's why, like, when people talk LeBron versus MJ, they always go to championships. Because in basketball, way more personal impact on both sides. Yep, it's you're literally you player versus ball. player. Yep, the ball's in your hands more. Uh, yeah. But whose hands is it in the in the Super Bowl? Or Matt's defense wins championships. Are we saying that Brad Johnson was a great quarterback? Are we saying Trent Dilfer was a good quarterback even because they have a Super Bowl ring? Well, we had. I tried to say defense wins championships last week, and we said no. There's a. It's a new era. Offense wins championships. The high flying. The last few Super Bowl wins have been offensive exhibitions, not not defensive, which this last one you can call offensive, but I, I call this one a defensive workshop. They, I mean, they, 2019, it was a 13-3 to final score. Yeah, so it looks, it, it looks like there was offense on one side and not the other, but you got to think what happens to that firepower on the other side. So, yes, I agree, defensive win championships. We tend to say that doesn't work anymore. It's an offensive league now, but uh, and I would never say Trent Dilfer is a, a top quarterback or Brad Johnson – or, you know, and I, I don't put Eli in that top quarterback conversation, but to have two. Then how two, can you call him a first ballot Hall of Famer? To have two, the argument's there. If you can't there. call him a top quarterback, he's to not have, a first ballot. To have, to have two puts him in the conversation. 
that's all I'm saying. And I, I, I agree with you that he, I don't think he's a first ballot, but I, if he, be, if he was inducted on his first ballot, I can't be mad. He has two championships and not just two championships, two championships against who Tom Brady. Again, I think it's going to be who's still on the ballot three years from now, who yep. is going to be in that for, cause I can't remember who all retired after last season, who he's going to be going against. Yeah. Because I mean, if it's a weak class, I won't be surprised. Like that's what I'll say. But I mean, if we still have some of these top-notch players from this year's class last year who are still waiting for their induction and he gets in over them, then I'm going to be mad. Like I'm looking at Jared Allen on a fifth year waiting for induction should get in over Eli on his first ballot. Wow. And where does Jared rank? Is is he a top 10 DN? Top 15. Top 15? Yeah. And Eli is a top 15 quarterback? Somewhere around. Eli has two Super Bowls, yes. and Jared Allen has zero. Yes, defensive end. Defense but, wins championships. I, yes. So how is Jared one defen- Allen above Eli Manning? Because it's his fifth year of waiting. Okay. That's what I'm saying is if he's waiting X number of years and it comes down to someone like – it doesn't even have to be Jared Allen. I'm using him as an example, and obviously I'm biased. Jared Allen is my favorite player in NFL history. But – on yeah. fifth year, if someone else does not get in over Eli, then I think there's a problem with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it, it It's a tough... I'm just saying the Super Bowl wins gives you that edge of you can argue this person in. You can you can tell them that it, there's a good chance they can win it because two Super Bowls. Russell Wilson doesn't have two Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers does not have two Super Bowls. Eli Manning somehow has two Super Bowls. It's just... I, I think that puts him in the argument every time. Uh, we're joined here with Tavian Banks, the bank. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. You're doing great. I, I don't know if you caught it earlier. I don't know if you caught it earlier, but uh, your boy Calvin Johnson, man, he uh, just a Hall of Fame inductee, um, induction, but he, he opened a, uh, a marijuana dispensary in, in Michigan um, and now growing his own flowers and doing a medical and recre- recreational. But the best part of that story is he is now uh, – he did an interview yesterday with ESPN.com, and he said, oh, well, I started smoking marijuana. I started using marijuana at Georgia Tech, uh, but then I would use it after every game in the NFL. By the end of the career, my career, I was using it after every game and almost weekday, almost every weekday morning to help me get up. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he just kind of expose the NFL and NCAA? Because he, he said, you know, we knew we weren't getting tested or we knew when we were going to get tested or they didn't care. Is that when you're in college and in the NFL, is that pretty predominant players smoking, using marijuana? And not getting in trouble for it? Okay, so I'll keep it 100 with you. Players do know when you are going to get tested. Okay? Okay. okay. So, <laughs> back, yeah. I've heard that. Back when I was playing. <laughs> you knew when it was coming. You definitely, you definitely know when you're going to get tested. And is that is that the um, girl or is that the, the know, I, AD helping you? Um, you know, back, like back when I was playing or whatever, you know, I saying back when I was playing, but uh, yeah, in the <laughs> uh, back days. then you didn't really like know the benefits and everything like that of it um, that, that they do nowadays, you know, because uh, there's so much more scientific, you know, evidence and everything else that people and send them out and everything like that. Um, so even like with Calvin too, like he, he, he knows more of the benefits of it when he, when he was doing it or whatever case playing in the league still. Um, when I was in the league, there were or are a lot of players that are doing that type of stuff um, because of they don't want to do like re- regular prescription type of medication. 
you know, so it, it, to me, it, it has helped a lot of, a lot of players with, you know, chronic, chronic problems that they have and things like that. Um, deal with it even better, better than having prescription drugs all the time. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you never used it, but do you think uh superstars kind of get a, a, a easier pass as well? I mean, you got Josh Gordon who has been just in and out of the league for over the past five years. And yeah, he came in with some issues from college with marijuana. So they've been on him since, uh, but you guys got talented guys like this who can't get a break because he smokes marijuana and can't let it go. Tyrone Matthew almost ended his career because of marijuana. Uh, you know, luckily the, the Arizona uh, Cardinals picked him up. Uh, but then you got Calvin Johnson saying lightly, like in one sentence, basically dry snitching, saying, ah, I smoked it after every game and some mornings. And mm-hmm. by some mornings, we know he wake and bake every day. Uh, but in the business, Rob Sims, the offensive lineman, said same for him. Uh, is, mm-hmm. is this now... Is it time to just legalize marijuana in, in, in the league and stop testing for it? UFC, stop testing for it. It's legal in 15 states plus D.C. Out of those 15 states, we got about eight of them that have NFL teams, so they can legally smoke it in their state, but the their job says, no, you cannot. Is it time to change mm-hmm. that? Um, well, it's going to change whether they, they like it or not the way it is going to happen. You know, It just d- depends on when it's going to be legal in, in all the United States. You know, um, a lot of states are doing it already. It's, it's going, it's happening. You know, um, a lot more people like Calvin are, are some of these guys are, are, are getting the dispensaries and, and companies and everything else. So it's, it's happening. Um, it's just depending on when it's going to happen. Yep. I agree with that. You man. know, for everybody else. Um, did you ever collect sports cards? We got to let you go here in about 90 seconds. So we'll jump on this bank, <laughs> bank statement quick. Yep. We ran out of time. Uh, but, uh, what's next about sports cards? Were you ever a sports cards collector? You got some of yourself? Um, I, I have my cards, uh, a lot of my cards, uh, rookie cards and all that type of stuff. Um, when I was a kid, collecting just a little bit, but not really, um, but it, just because I can never keep them, you know, um, like clean or, yeah, or, or not you know, lose them. without, without uh, yeah, losing them and all types of stuff. So I, I wasn't like a big, big, you know, collector of it, but I do have some though. Yes. Okay. Well, if you didn't know, in the past year, because of the pandemic and quarantine, has been a boom in these cards. So you know your little two dollar oh, yeah. that two dollar Tavian Banks Jaguars card that I got is now worth. Hey, <laughs> hey. You know what I'm that, that's, a, that's a big percentage, man. That investment. <laughs> All right, uh, let's jump into this bank on a statement. I got one big question for you for this bank on a statement. Yep. So Frenchie hit it. They may not catch him. Tavian Banks play from scrimmage inside the twenty. Forget about it. It's time for Bank On It with former Iowa Hawkeye great Tavian Banks. I stuck with the same one. We'll get him to work on that one. But uh, <laughs> my, my question, man, because your, your Iowa Hawkeyes basketball team, they, they're looking real suspect right now. Real suspect. Mm-hmm. They, they got to win last night, but it doesn't seem like they can hold tough against the tough teams. Are they going to make 10? Uh, I'm going to say no. Oh, oh, you got a, you got a clue <laughs> on who takes free and uh, fade. The free yeah, and fade. I, I don't know if, um, you know, it, it seems like Iowa doesn't, I don't know, like it, it seems like they don't, they, they just don't keep producing all the way through the season. You know, just what I've seen, you know, over these years and stuff. It seems like, you know, they might have some spurts here and there. But don't get strong. And obviously they've got a great player right now also. I don't think for the long haul they're going to be able to keep keep doing that. Man, they were ranked as high as two or three this season. Was it three, Frenchie? I think so, yeah. Yeah, two yep. or three, and now, what, 15? is just coming off a win, so, you know, it might go back mm-hmm. up to the top 10, but uh, it, 
I, I said like a month ago, are, can they sustain this and take it, you know, usually the teams who do well in the tournament end with a run. You know, the Buccaneers mm-hmm. had a se- seven-game win streak before the playoffs started, you know? Yeah. It's, it, it's usually that momentum that carries you far, and it, it looks like they're losing that momentum. So I, I feel bad for your little Hawkeyes, but it's happy. Good to see, <laughs> because my, my, my Cyclones have barely, we just covered our second spread in a row, but we haven't gotten the win yet, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be tough. Yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. Sorry we caught you late, uh, but we'll definitely get you back next week and get a full segment going with you. All good. Thanks a lot, man, for having me. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. It's Tavian Banks, former NFL running back. We got Sam Summers on the way, owner of the creator of the Hinterland Music Festival. Right after this, let's go deep. You're tuned in to Go Deep, 1350 ESPN. Thanks to uh, Tavian Banks. Came on late, but dropped us with some gold, uh, referring to what uh, Calvin Johnson mentioned in the ESPN.com article, saying that he uh, smoked marijuana after or used marijuana after every game by the end of his career. Uh, first started using it at Georgia Tech. By the end of his career, he's using it after every game and some mornings to help him get up. And by some mornings, come on, we know what Wake and Bake is, so we know what he when he was using it every day or whatever it may be. But it kind of exposed how easy it is to get it and use it in the NCAA NFL. And Tavian Banks kind of confirmed that, saying, yeah, we knew when we were getting tested. Yeah, there's people smoking every day. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Uh, I'm joined here with Sam Summers, creator of Hinterland Festival, uh, producer of the Big Country Bash, owner of Woolies and the Uptown Up. Uh, Sam, do you you think uh, it's time to stop testing for marijuana in the NFL? And oh, man. Leagues? I mean, probably. As it becomes legal in most of these states, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a performance-enhancing drug to me, no. right? Like, I, it doesn't seem like something that's going to give anybody an unfair edge. I don't think that's what made Megatron Megatron. He's now Megacron, by the right. way. Uh, but right. I don't think that's why he was such a great player. If anything, they think it would slow you down. But he talked about the medical benefits, his body recovering from pain, healing, um, getting up and feeling motivated in the morning instead of depressed. Is this something, I mean, we have 15 states now that have legalized or decriminalized, and plus D.C. Out of these 15 states in D.C., you got the Washington football team, you got Seattle Seahawks, um, you got the California teams, the Rams, the Chargers, you got Vegas Raiders, um, Denver Broncos, Arizona Bears. These are all states that have now legalized where their right. players can go to a, a store, basically a Walgreens, and purchase anything they want, edibles, something to smoke, whatever it may be, but their job tells them that it's illegal still. Um, right. Do you think, and, and now South Dakota, I think, is legalizing, or they legalize, so it starts here in the next couple of weeks. Where do you think Iowa is on this poll or on this line? Should it be legal in Iowa? Should they just decriminalize it federally? Yeah. Where do you stand with marijuana? You know, I, I feel like Iowa will, will fall in line with what happens federally. So once enough states kind of get on board, you know, I know they're trying out medical in Iowa, but um, I think I think it's going to take some movement towards from the federal government to Before you know, recreational move the needle here. Uh, yeah. yeah I, but I, yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, uh, illegal or not, you know, to me, it, it's not a performance enhancing drug. So it's like, what what's the argument here? Like, if it's legal in your state, you know, um, yeah, as, a, as an thought. NFL player, you should be able to use it. That's my, my opinion. You know, if, if, yeah. if you're a Seahawk and you're out on the Bay, uh, you know, smoking a joint and someone takes a picture, that shouldn't cost you yeah. your job. That shouldn't cost you your job if it's legal for you to do that. You know, <laughs> so, right? And, and like you said, it's like it might even have the opposite effect of yeah, slowing you down, right? <laughs> right. Uh, you but know, I, I thought it was beautiful how he just in one one line just dry snitched and exposed the whole league and NCAA. You know, he coming from Georgia Tech, we know players in college are, are smoking. You know, we we've, we've probably seen it ourselves. 
Uh, but I, I just thought it was interesting, interesting, especially as we you know move forward with a little more lenient uh, when it comes to marijuana administration. You know, things are going to change pretty quickly. I think uh, we're we're talking earlier about the boom in the sports car world. My buddy Brad, uh, one of my best friends, and over the last three months, he's dropped about twelve hundred dollars on sports cards. Um, never really been in it. His wife is very upset because they're getting married here in a couple months. Uh, and, and my thing is, you know, he's got some decent cards in there. Some with right. uh, now cards come with, you know, game worn Jersey part of other yeah. stuff. And I'm like, Oh, let's flip this on eBay or this Facebook group. Right. And he's like, no, I'm gonna pass it to my kids. I don't want to, you know, is now the time to be investing or is it time to be shipping them off? Oh, yeah. I mean, so, okay. If he spent 1200, that probably got him what? A, a, a case or a box. Yeah. I mean, like, Cards have gotten so expensive. I know, and he he gets the cheap ones, uh, but he has a couple of gold ones or you know some good ones in there. But he has about three, four boxes in his room now. He had to invest in cases for cars now and these covers, and it becomes an expensive hobby if you're not selling. It, it really does, yeah. <laughs> and it's like I I uh, so he was in in the '90s, you know, collecting Griffey and Ripken and Sandberg and you know some of the when when the baseball boom was kind of happening. Yeah, um, you know stopped doing it because all those things just lost value and it was it felt kind of like a waste of money and i moved to different sports and whatnot but here when the pandemic started um i'd say like you know february i I was buying a bunch of boxes on ebay uh, for decent you know i mean it seemed like a premium back then but now i look back and i bought these boxes for like 250 bucks for a (laughs) prism box and now they're you know going for 1600 and it's just crazy 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 it's kind of like yeah. how records buying you know two years ago three years right. ago you buy a box of records and now we got luke over a vinyl cup mm-hmm. flourishing off of it uh what would yeah. you say the most expensive or higher highest value card you have right now what's your, um, what's your... you know I, i'm kind of all in on collecting iowa state stars and so, ah, so is he. um you know tyree Taliburton's one i've been really wow. picking up on, yep. on on ebay and whatnot i don't do a ton of like box breaks just because they're so expensive and you know, the return on investment for opening a box of cards is not you that never great. Know what's in so, there, yeah. And a bunch of duplicates yeah. as well. I started like in August, I, I started picking up town Horton Tucker cards. Um, and, and you know, those took off, you know, when he hit his preseason game and had like 34 points or whatever, those just went crazy. Um, and there's a very limited amount because, you know, he was drafted, he wasn't drafted in the you know top 10. So they didn't make as many um, cards. Like there isn't even a prison one out there for him. So, you know, I, I bought a lot of those, um, holding them, and you know, those are ones I'm not really flipping. Yeah, what, what, I, what do you? How do you feel about them. that? Do you think uh, you you sell early with the Halliburton, or you wait ten years and hope it continues the way it's trajecting? Yeah, well, it really depends. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I think the market is at a peak, or we're getting near. Peak. It looks like it, man. Woo. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so obviously, Halliburton's not at peak, um, but you know, the market is probably going to come down a bit. It already has a little bit since December. Um, where we saw like Zion, you know, a Zion prism was going for like 900, um, a graded Zion, and now it's down to like, you know, wow. it, it's cyclical also. Like, as soon as the season starts, cards are going for a lot. And then when playoffs hit, if your team's in, you know, and then like, obviously the matchup, like last week with Brady versus Mahomes, those were just out of control. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, did yeah. you get a chance to check out that uh, parade yesterday, <laughs> the celebration? I did. <laughs> I only saw the the recap of uh, Brady getting held up. Oh so. <laughs> yes, because the sea legs were under him is literally a drunk goat, if you want to call him that. Yeah. Uh, did you see the clip of him throwing the precious Lombardi boat to the oh, next? No. Oh no, man. I did not. He, he had a boat full of uh, Bucks players, about maybe ten feet behind him, Frenchie, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and he's on a boat with his kids, and he's wasted. You can see it in his face. He can't stop smiling. 
and he fakes it a couple of times. You can tell the crowd was like, do it. Then they're like, no, 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 don't do it. Then he throws it. And they, right. they actually, about two of them catch it. And then he just gives that look of, oh, he cringes, smiles and look back at him and then walks the other way. Like, oh my God, I can't believe. <laughs> but when you, when you see Tom Brady drunk like that, does that make you hate him more or love him more? Oh man, I think it makes me like him more me because too. now he's human. Yes, uh, I agree. And like, you read all these stories about him and his crazy diet, you know, like yep, no yep. nightshades. Like and, his abs you know, are gone after yesterday. Like, it's <laughs> absurd. And the, but then he drinks alcohol. And you're like, okay, you yep. know, yeah, I mean, normal. he's not completely, a jerk, <laughs> you know, or, a, a mutant. So yeah, it's, yep. uh, yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, he went to the GOAT status in my book when he made it to the Super Bowl this, this year. And then by winning yeah. is, is no doubt for me. You know, I always had Montana and even Elway kind of above him, but, uh, and I, I don't like to have that conversation of cross sports. Oh, is he the best of cross off sports? If I'm looking at numbers and difficulty of individual and group teams, uh, I got Serena on top every time, then Wayne Gretzky and, and Jordan. Yeah. Uh, but yep. I do think if I want to look at it across sports, Jordan went to the Wizards and didn't didn't win a championship. He didn't stick around long enough to play a Jordan. Uh, you know, Montana right. Montana went to the Chiefs, didn't win a championship, didn't stick around long enough to play a, a Tom Brady or a, you know whoever was in that next era, Peyton Manning. Uh, Brady was around long enough to beat him and on a different team in a, in an odd year without training camp and OTA. So I got to give him right. that credit, you know, and, and I always hated Brady and obviously many people do, uh, but seeing him on that boat, that kind of drunk, that's kind of drunk. You want to be every day. Right. Yep. I mean, that, right. that happiness he was having. <laughs> so, I mean, we always hate the greats, right? Like, yep. I mean, I remember in the nineties, everybody hated Jordan. Yeah. You know, they hate Jordan, you know, back, they hated Martin Luther Brady, King. They hate LeBron. LeBron. Yep. Yeah. They even hated Tiger Woods yep. for a long time. Uh, yep. Which is different. Tiger Woods seems to get a pass on things, and I don't understand why, but uh, maybe because he's in golf. Uh, or, yeah, maybe not enough people watch the sport. Yes, yeah. I, agreed, agreed. Uh, should we expect uh, Nightfall on the River this year to return, or are we looking more like a 2022 goal for that? You know, that I think event? we have some that are carrying over um, that, that were booked last year, like an Umphreys McGee and um, okay. uh, the Dead South and whatnot. Um, and, you know, I think we're going to try to get those done. Um and I just don't know that we add a bunch more, right? Like no, I, why? I've kind why of picked you? 10 um, and thing I'm, I'm going to focus on the most to get it done. And it, it's going to, we're working on like, you know, all the details and how we're going to roll this out, and you know, make it safe and some other festivals that are happening. Cause you know, th- this is obviously uncharted territory producing a festival during, you know, the tail end of a pandemic or yep. right now. I and mean, Coachella canceled ahead. South by Southwest canceled, yeah. you know, a lot of those, uh, events already dropped down, but you have the yep. space to make it work. Hopefully, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. And so, like, you know, I'm looking at this one down in Florida. I forget what it's called, like Moon something or other, and you know, just kind of following what because they're going to be before me, and just following the procedures they're doing, and um, trying to take notes on that, and then uh, you know, just making decisions as we go, as as vaccines roll out and numbers come down and all that stuff. Yep. And you guys are actually adding to Hinterland. You're adding some acts, right? Yeah, yeah. We've added, so far we've added three. Um, okay. You know, we haven't announced those yet, but, you know, they're definitely bands that are kind of hitting right now. Um, Perfect. And and so they'll be, yeah, welcome additions for everyone. Um, you know, and we kept our headliners and main support and, uh, you know, almost all bands uh, kept from last year. So. And what, remind me of the website again. Is it Hinterland, Iowa? Yep, HinchelandIowa.com. So you can kind of go familiarize yourself with, you know, what the festivals look like in past years. And um, we'll we'll be putting out some information. Uh, we're working on it right now, but we'll be putting out some information on what this year looks like uh, come March. And um, 
And this is yeah. uh, tickets are because it's from last year. Tickets are available now. We're not waiting. Yeah, for them on sale. they are still on sale. Yep. Okay. Uh, will you guys uh, be producing the Big Country Bash this year as well? Uh, still, you know, we're, we're trying to do some stuff. And I know that, as, that's a little tighter space over in that area. Yeah. Yeah. So at Waterworks. Yeah. We're trying to do some stuff, but really it's like everybody's kind of like a wait and see right now. We have to yeah. wait and see like, you know, if the mayor lifts the restrictions or, um, or if artists you know, are coming out, if they're going to let us apply for sound permits, that kind of stuff, you know, so to make sure everyone at the city is happy or comfortable, um, you know, with events happening and, and then, yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to do some stuff in September. Okay. Um, yep. yeah, I mean, right now, uh, like September is just not, not just with my stuff, but just kind of all the festivals seem to be moving there. Yep. That seems to be the um, last ditch effort for good yeah. weather. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, 2022, I know it seems like a long time, but I think at that point we'll have this put behind us yeah. for the most part, you know, yeah, we're still in this, there's going to be a phase of like the psychology of, you know, we've all been isolated for a while. Yeah. So getting to what is normal and, you know, being yeah. around people and not being freaked out. Yeah, so. we're aggressive. And and it's kind of still on that same pace for the indoor venues as well as Willie's kind of mm-hmm. looking for late fall for more national shows again. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're doing uh, a handful of shows like with reduced capacity this spring uh, and, and, you know, usually on the weekends and whatnot. Um, and, but I mean, as far as like full capacity, we're, you know, we're optimistic that we'll get some stuff this fall um, or, you know, be able to produce full capacity this fall. But I think January is the date where the industry has said like, Hey, this looks good um, based on, how vaccines are rolling out, the speed they're rolling out right now. So all this can change if those get out. If you look at somewhere like Israel, where they've put out a lot of vaccines, uh, you know, I think like 60 or 70% of their population is now vaccinated. Wow. And you can just see it just drop off. It's like, yeah, it just drops straight off as soon as they get this out, which is really, Promising. really good news. I know this is <laughs> buried. It's buried in the news, but just look up Israel vaccine rollout um, and you, you'll feel better about life yeah very promising he is sam summers creator of hinterland owner of woolies up down why do i always forget my favorite bar in east village what's your uh little dive bar called oh ernie's yeah ernie's yes love that place food truck on a patio you guys got anything yep. uh else coming uh i got about 30 seconds where else do you have up yeah, yeah. milwaukee we're working, on, we're working on something pretty crazy here we're gonna do a pop-up for this thing movies from jay and silent bob um i don't i don't know if you're a fan of that movie but they have a pop-up burger shop and we're gonna work on we're going to do a pop-up here with them. So Nice. That's uh and that's coming up this spring or when when is that? Yeah, that's going to be at at Updown. So we're we're going to be announcing that soon. It'll be at the beginning of April. Oh, sweet. And then yeah. uh get, real quick, I got like I said 6 seconds. Uh explain how you've been able to keep Updown kind of safely operating cuz I mean, you guys are pretty creative down there. Um we've gotten help, you know, in the form of PPP, um, you know, funding mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, people are still coming out and, and reduced capacities, and um, yeah, it's not like it's completely shut off. Yep, and you guys are in Milwaukee, or where, where's your locations? Yeah, right? Minnesota, Kansas City, St. Oklahoma wow. City, and opening in Nashville uh, in the summer. Oh, Nashville, downtown, or east? Uh, we're, no, we're in the east Nashville, like kind of like the cool, like... Yes, breakfast spots area. Right yep, that's where I yep, stay. Yep, five points, yeah. Awesome. He is Sam Summers, creator of Hinterland Festival, online at hinterlandiowa.com. Three more show announcements to come. Is that correct? Yeah, we'll have three more artists. Yep. Three more artists. All right. We'll hopefully get you back on to announce those. Uh, this is Go Deep. Does it, does it for all time. Sam, I appreciate you, man. Thanks, man.
Yep, we'll talk to you soon. I am Tyreek, joined with my producer, Frenchie. Go deep. We'll catch you next Thursday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m.